Uh, this message tonight is coming from what I did yesterday morning. We had our stew yesterday morning. But we got there and it was cold. It was 28 degrees when I went out the door. And when you start a stew pot and you got them burners going, everybody huddles around that heat. They don't want to lose the heat because as soon as you step off around it, you start getting cold. And I was standing there and I was thinking about that and this, this came to me. Uh, in John chapter 18, turn to John chapter 18. So I worked on it yesterday and I worked it on this afternoon. So if it don't go well, blame Teresa. Amen. If it goes good, it's God. Amen. So uh, I'll show you some things. Just out of the, just the thought coming out of this. John chapter 18 and verse number 15 and Simon Peter followed Jesus and did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest and went into the Jew Jesus unto the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple which was known unto the high priest and spake unto her that kept the door and brought in Peter. Then said the damsel, Thou that thou kept the door unto Peter, art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He said, I am not. And the servant and the officer stood there who had made a, underline this, fire of coals. For it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Drop down to verse number 25. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of the disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the king's priest, being his kinsman whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see thee in the garden with him? And Peter denied again, and immediately the cock, crew let us pray father we just thank you this morning this evening lord we just ask you to open our hearts and minds lord help us to uh, grasp what you have in my heart to say lord and as lord i help me to move me out of the way hide me behind the cross lord let the holy spirit move in and say the words that need to be said and we'll praise and glorify you in jesus name we do pray amen here in verse uh, chapter 18 the bible said they made a fire of coals that means that the trial of the lord jesus our savior it was cold but I, I don't want to focus on the temperature of the weather outside. And that was not the only cold thing in this text. But the heart of Simon Peter had grown very cold in the text that we're looking at. I, I want you to see something in this text. Simon Peter's heart is probably is going to be as cold as it will ever be at this point. And it's ever, ever going to be at the point uh, uh, that when uh, it, it gets right. It will never be any colder than what it is at this point living for Jesus Christ. I want you to realize this. He is backslidden and his heart is cold. And he's not a drunkard. He hadn't took any drop of liquor. He ain't smoking dope. He's not running the roads. Isn't that not the way we think of sin? 
We think the only way that somebody can be in a backslidden condition and their hearts be cold on God if we commit the big sins that we all look at and see. Here's a man just hours earlier before. Right, right before we get here, he's in the garden praying with the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he looked, at, uh, and looked at the Lord and said, uh, Peter said, Thou all deny thee, I will never deny thee. I will no wise deny you, Lord. This guy, this guy is walking with Jesus. He's pray, praying with the Lord. If you could have seen Peter at that time, you would have said, this is the man that's on fire for God. And yet we see him standing outside around the fire and his cold heart. And he denies the Lord three times. And he cusses on top of that. I'm telling you tonight, just because you sit in the church pews, there have been times in my life I've came to church, got all fired up inside, and as soon as I walked outside the doors, something went wrong in my life, and no longer was my heart on fire. I got cold on God. I was in the same shape that Peter was in. Bible says this, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. We're living in a day where even God's people, their love has waxed cold. Their heart has waxed cold. Listen to me, it, it, it's not hard to get cold in a cold environment. In, in the military we're taught how to take care of ourselves and recognize signs of hypothermia. And pe most people don't even know they have it. They, they go around the same thing, acting the same way. But there are signs that you need to watch out when you're in a cold environment. First of all, you need to watch out. If you start the, the, the signs of hypothermia, it, it, it's slurred speech. You can always tell a Christian when they're getting cold, there's no more amens. There's no more praise God. There is no more preaching, preacher. It turns into murmuring, complaining. Slurred speech. And then the signs is, is you start shivering. You start shivering. They, they say that your, uh, uh, your uh, uh, freezing, the, the trembling stops when you get to the point of freezing. So as long as you're shivering, that means there's life inside you. That means you're still aware. That means you're still awake. You're all right. That means your body is still fighting. And you have feelings. But you're in trouble when your body stops trembling. You're in trouble when your body stops shivering. That means you have gotten to a place where your body feels nothing. As long as you're coming to church and the Word of God is being preached and makes your heart tremble 
And, and when you read the Word of God and your heart starts to tremble, that's a good thing this evening. Your problem starts when you no longer feel anything from the preaching. You, you no longer feel anything from the reading of God's Word. It means nothing to you. Sin no longer makes you tremble. They don't feel anything anymore. Can I say when you get cold, you will get to the place where you don't want nothing of God anymore. And a lot of Christians are at peace with that. They've gotten so cold, they're at peace with that. Well, I'm satisfied with that. That don't worry about it, don't bother me. It doesn't move me no more. I don't feel anything no more. Hyperthermia Christians are sitting in churches all day long. They're feeling nothing. Nothing is moving them. These are the signs. But I cannot say there is a cure for this. But they teach you that when you have hypothermia, that means you, you've gotten cold somehow. And your, your clothes might, might have gotten wet and you're in a cold environment. And they'll tell you to take the cold clothes off and put on some warm clothes. And, and, and then they'll tell you, get them to a warm place. Get them to a place where the fire is burning. Get them to a place uh, where it's comfortable. Get them to a place uh, where everybody comes in. They say, if you can't get them clothes, use your own body. Hey, I'm just telling you, there are some cold Christians in our churches that we just need to get body up with them and let them get warm again. But let me remind you of this. Don't allow somebody that's gotten cold and indifferent and feel nothing drag you out of church because you're trying to help them. There are two coals of fire in our New Testament here. Here Peter's heart is cold. And if you look at John 21, turn to John 21, we'll see the other coal of fire. They're, they're fishing, and the Lord shows up on the seashore. Peter jumps out the boat, swims to the shore, and all the others follow in the boat. And as soon as they get there, in verse number 9, and as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals. Underline that. A fire of coals. That first fire of coals in John 18, Peter's heart was cold. He was different. He was as distance from God. He was gotten cold. But this fire of coal is going to do something to Peter that's going to change him. There were fish laid thereupon and bread. Jesus said unto them, Bring the fish which ye have now caught. Can you imagine? And get, 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 I want you to imagine me. I was thinking about this. Peter in John chapter 18, he was standing by the coals of fire. There are fires of cold there. He, he, he remembers in his ear that Jesus said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Oh, Lord, I'll not die. They may deny you, but I will never die you. I'm going to die for you. And he, he walks up and there's the Lord. He walks up and the first thing he sees, he sees that coals of fire and he goes, oh, no. He knows, the Lord knows that he was at the other coal of fires. 
He knows that his heart was cold. And I imagine when Peter saw that, he said, the Lord's going to get me. The Lord's going to come down on me. He knows what I did. He knows what was in my heart. And you know, the Lord could have. The Lord could have said, Peter, you denied me like I said you was. He knew I was standing out a few days ago. He saw me at the fire coals there. But this fire coals is helping a cold heart to get warm again. The first fire coal was a cold-hearted fire. But this fire coals a warm a heart that never goes cold again. Peter's preaching his own fire from here on out. People are getting saved. He preaches this way until his dying days. He never lets his heart get cold again. Now listen, that does not mean he didn't slip. Uh, that does not mean he didn't make a mistake. Uh, but he said, uh, even though I make a mistake, uh, every time I might slip up, but my heart is not going to get cold again. Yes, Amen. Now you may understand this. Sometimes we make a mistake and, and our conscience get on to us for just so long then God's going to break you down to your knees and ask you to forgive him. Him to forgive you, amen? Peter said, I, I'll never let my heart go cold again. He made sure he done what God wanted him to do. Anytime you start to sin or make mistakes in your life, don't let it build up, build up, build up until you get so cold that you walk out. Don't get to a place where you don't feel nothing no more. So what's the difference between the two fires? What's the difference here? First of all, I, I want you to see the difference between is the company. Do you see who Peter is standing with in John 18? Then you see who John, uh, Peter is standing with in John 21. Those in John 18 were not trying to get Peter's heart warm. They're not trying to help Peter to get closer to Jesus. You realize there, <laughs> you realize there are certain people in your life, I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I know some people in my life that I cannot hang around with, I cannot associate with, I cannot be around. Because sometimes when I'd be with them, you notice this, uh, you'd be with somebody and you fellowship with them, but as soon as you leave them, you're just as cold. You're getting cold and indifference. Your heart is cold. And then you get around somebody where your heart's on, they're, they're on fire for God. And when you leave them, you're on fire for God. And you desire to get closer to God because they are closer to God. You better be careful on who you hang around with and what they're saying and what they're doing. I'm telling you young people, you better watch out. There's a lot of people in this world that's trying to drag you down, trying to chase you out of the church and pull you out of the church because they don't like the church. Be careful on who you hang around with. When you hang around somebody that's got a cold heart long enough, it rubs off on you. Then you start becoming cold and indifferent on God. So what do you do? 
you make sure you, the company that you hang out with is on fire with God. You need enough spiritual discernment to recognize the difference in someone who's got a cold heart and someone who's got a hot heart for God. Amen. You're around certain people, and when you leave them, you act the same way they act, and it's not godly. I hope you can recognize that, that every time a certain company, it pushes you toward the murmuring and complaining and whining, thinking the wrong things, doing the wrong things, things that I know I should not be doing. Getting back into the flesh, getting backslidden, and always having to repent. But there's another crowd that I walk with, I'm always spiritually uplifted with. I, I feel like I've been helped. I, I leave like I, I, I want to glorify God. Getting closer to Jesus. You say, what should I do? Make your mind up that you're going to pray for those that are cold-hearted and hang out with the ones that have heart for God. Amen. Verse 7 says, Therefore the disciples whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it, it, it is the Lord. You need to hang out with a crowd that can recognize the Lord. You need a crowd that can get you hooked up with Jesus. The ones that know who the Lord is. The ones that know where the Lord is at. That's the kind of people you need to hang around with tonight. The company is different in these two fires. You need people in your life that will help you uh, uh, get closer to God and warmer for God. Or those that will start getting you cold. You know what we need a lot in our churches today that we have absolutely done away with accountability accountability you, you need <laughs> you women you need a woman in your life that is spiritual and God that will be able to come to you and say what's wrong what's wrong hey, hey you used to serve you used to sing. You used to, you've done all these things. You come to church and, hey, what's wrong? Something to get into him, man. You need the same thing. Somebody come up to you and say, hey, hey, dude, you used to work with us. You used to pray with us. What's wrong? We need accountability. Before you slip off and get a cold heart and walk out on God, we need some people to go up and don't think there's something mad or bad about it. They're trying to get you back where you need to be at. Our hearts get cold. I know, I've been there. I've had a cold heart. It's not a pretty place to be at. Not a pretty place to be at. We need some accountability. We see the company is different between the two fires. There's one that doesn't do anything, just make them cold, and there's one that gets his heart warm. The conversation is different. John 18 was, hey, ain't you one of his disciples? He said, no, I'm not. 
They say, we, we know you're with him. He said, I don't know him. Then one of the kinsmen whose Peter cut his ear off said, I saw you in the garden. And in another gospel it says, surely thou also art one of them. For thy speech betrayed thee. Now that got, that got Peter, got him where he hurts at. <laughs> you, can, you can always tell somebody when you start witnessing, oh, you're a Christian. You, you talk like one of those Christians. We love everybody. It, you, your, your speech has betrayed you. And they're looking at Peter, hey, you're one of them, you're one of his. No, I'm not. And finally on the third time, he said, no, I'm not. I'm going to show you I'm not one of them. And then he started blankly, blank, blankly, blank. And they go, whew, I know he ain't one of those because those people don't talk like that. They wouldn't say nothing like that, would they? So we know he ain't one of them, and then he walked out. Be careful, be careful. There's, the conversation is different. A cold heart, listen to me, a cold heart will wind up coming out of your mouth. It will wind up coming out of you. I have known Christians to say they're Christians, they go to church, read the Bible, but as soon as they start talking, I'm like, where are you from? It's not a church. Jesus said, well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. When your heart starts getting cold, it will show in your speech. People will be able to see it, and people will be able to know it. Amen. Fire coals. Look at this one. Verse number 15. We've seen... We've seen that uh, uh, the company is different. The conversation is different. Watch the conversation, John 21, 15. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Now, everybody has a, a view of what these are he's talking about. I'm going to throw you what my view of these he's talking about right here because nobody knows. It doesn't tell you. Everybody has to guess. I'm thinking because of his bitterness, his coldness at the other fire. Do you love me more than that? Do you love me more than that? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said unto him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Bible said Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. What is a cure for a cold heart? Just tell Jesus you love him. Just tell Jesus you love him. 
He makes him do it three times. You know, it's really hard to say, Lord, I love you, when you just ain't feeling it. Husband and wives, I'll, I'll use my wife and me as an example. We, we can get in an argument and one of us is getting ready to leave. And we know we need to say it because, <laughs> you back your mind, if I get in a wreck, it was the last time I went there, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> but, you, you know, she's, she'll say, I love you. I go, love you. Now, I love her, but it just don't come out right. It's hard with a cold heart to say, Lord, I love you. Know? It, it, most times you would say, love you. Y'all do the same thing. Y'all done that. You, you get upset with them. Amen. I'm the only one getting mad at my wife. Well, y'all scared to raise your hand, chickens. <laughs> it's different to say, I love you and truly mean it. But, you know, when, you, when you're mad at them, God, why did you allow this to happen? Why did you allow this to come on me? Why did you do that? I love you, Lord. You know I love you. No, you really don't mean it. It's not there. It's not coming from the heart. That's why Jesus asked him three times. And each time it got to Peter, each time he asked Peter, it kind of grieved him in his heart. And the third time it said it grieved him to the point, Thou knowest I love thee. Thou knowest I love thee. But I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Remember back in the garden, Peter was on fire for God. He, he's, they come to get Jesus. Peter went, Whoosh, I got you. Come on, I'll take you on. I'll kill all you. And one comes up and he whacks that ear off. And Jesus looks at him, put your sword up. He lived by the sword, died by the sword. And takes the ear off and put it back on that. Now, I, this is my mindset. Peter sees this happen, and Peter says, Lord, I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing to die right here and now, protecting you, defending you. And, and you do that. That makes me mad. I'm kind of upset about that. I've gotten bitter about that. And then when Peter goes to the fire of coals there, and he realized what he's done. He realized what's happening. Jesus has done all that. And he's got that bitterness inside of him that's growing because he wanted to do something great for God. But it was not the time nor the place for him to do it. See, a lot of times we do the exact same thing. God wants us to do something great for him. And we jump ahead of God. We think it was right here or right there. It's not. We're trying to move, we're trying to move God's time to our time. And then we get mad at God when God don't do it the way we wanted to do it. Amen. So Peter's standing there at the coal of fire. And, and he's got this bitterness in his heart. He's got this remembering that. But it's so different at this point when everything is stripped away. He said it in a real way with a cold heart. 
Put that sword up. And I'll take the sword, she'll perish with the sword. Peter looks at him. I don't know about you, but Jesus doesn't do everything the way I want him to do it. The way I like him to do it. There have been times in my life that I said, Lord, you could have stopped that. You didn't have to let that happen. And if you're not careful, you start becoming bitter on God. Your heart gets bitter. And then the Lord comes by and says, do you love me? More than that bitterness? More than that cold heart? It's impossible to say to the Lord, I love you. At the same time, holding on to bitterness and a cold heart. Something's got to go away. Something has to move from my life in order for me to say, Lord, I love you. And I really love you. If you want to get rid of your cold heart, you get to the altar and tell, Lord, I love you and I mean it. I love you. The cuisine was different at this Verse 9, as soon as they were came to, to the land, they saw a fire of coals, and there was fish laid upon it and bread. The food is different. Listen to me. That, that fire in John 18 left Peter empty. And you go read in any one of the Gospels, all the Gospels you want, anywhere front, backwards, upside down, sideways, I don't care how you read it, you'll never find that Peter left around there full. Peter arrived there empty, and he left empty. He, 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 he left the same way he showed up. But in John 21, he shows up at this fire, and there's something to fill him. What's there? Fish and bread. Now listen to me. Get a hold of this. Get a hold of this. If you don't regularly feed from the bread of God's word, your heart will get cold. I'm not going around to make sure that you are doing what you do. It's not my job to peep in your window and make sure that you're reading your Bibles. I'm not trying to make a checklist that you're reading your Bible. You are a priest of God. You are a child of God. You are a Christian. It is your job to make sure that you're feeding yourself with the Word of God on a daily basis. Amen. I should not have to do checks and balances. That is your job in your house. Too many people go all day long, all week long, watching Netflix, this flick, that flick, and every other flick, and then come into church and sit down on pew and say, well, preach the glory down on me. I can't do it. I can't do it. If you ain't come and feel, I can't feel you. I can't fill you up with what God's supposed to fill you up. You were supposed to have done that before you got here. Amen. The food is different. It's easy to get cold when you're not regularly fed or feasting on the Word of God. 
But on the side, other side of it, it's hard to stay cold if you are feasting on the bread of God. And I'm not saying you can't get cold while you're still reading your Bible. I know that. I know that if you just keep on reading your Bible. I've been to, I have been to the place where I've read and I've been cold. And I, I, it's just cold. It's just like nothing's going through my heart, been cold. I, I've been through some things. I, I, Lord, you just, you just allow this to come on me, and I don't understand why. And, and my heart started getting cold, and I started getting bitter. But I find this out. If my heart is getting cold, don't stop feeding yourself with the Word of God. Don't stop. You say, well, if my heart gets cold, I'm just going to stop. Don't stop reading the Word of God. Because I found out the longer you read it, that cold heart cannot stay there. It's got to go away. God, it's hard to say cold when your head says, Lord, please speak to my heart. You come to the altar and say, Lord, I don't want to be cold. It's impossible to stay cold when you pray, Lord, fill me. Then when you open up this book and start reading and then God starts speaking to your soul. You cannot convince me that you're not cold if you're not constantly reading God's word. If you're not in his word every day, then you've got a cold heart. And you say, well, I read it every day, but I'm just telling you, if you're not getting fed like you should get fed, then you're reading the word of God with a cold heart looking with it a cold view. Amen. You can read the Word of God any way you want to. I can read it with the Spirit of God. He touching me. I just open the book and start reading. Got a cold, indifferent view of the Word of God. That's where a lot of us are at. We're just not getting into the Word of God and being fed, and our hearts become cold. And we just need to come to the altar. Lord, help me. The conviction is different. Hold your place. Go to Luke chapter 22 for me right quick. Just hold your place here. We'll come right back. Just want to read this to you. Luke chapter 22. Let's look at verse number 60. Starting at 60. Luke 22 and 60. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. This next verse haunts me. It gets me. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Peter was so close to him. Jesus had been slapped. His beard had been plucked. He's bleeding. Jesus told him, you're going to deny me, not me. And there he stands at the fire, denied him three times. He looks over and he sees the Lord Jesus looking at him. 
I imagine his heart sunk. It sunk. Can you imagine that? Looking at the one you said I'd die for, yet you denied him three times, and there he is being beaten. Peter remembered the words of the Lord. How he said unto him before the cock crowed, Thou shalt deny me thrice. Watch this. And Peter went out, whip bitterly. He wept bitterly. In Luke's account of this story, you say, what kind of conviction is that? That's a cold-hearted conviction. It's not a conviction that makes you feel so bad that you don't run towards Jesus. Instead of your way to run away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter, he could have made it all right. Let's just, I know even why the Bible gives us an example and why it's written the way it is because we make the same mistakes that all them people in there make it. In my mind said, if I knew that Peter, Jesus told me, you're going to deny me three times and I'm standing at the coals of fire, the fires of cold, and I'm standing there and three, two times I've done denied him. They said, yeah, you are him. No, I'm not. And the third time I said, no, I'm not. And then the cock crows. Then I turn, I see Jesus. Instead of running away from him, I should have ran towards him. Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I am one of his. But his conviction is not so bad that he runs away from him. You know, there's a lot of people in churches do the same thing. They come into church, they sit in the pews, and they're under conviction. They know what's going on in their life. But it's not so bad that they run towards Jesus. They just get up, walk away from God. That's the kind of conviction, cold-hearted conviction is. It makes you run away from God instead of running towards Him. I don't know about you, but I need Him in my life. I, I need Him to convict me when I'm wrong, because I'm wrong an awful lot of times. But watch the conviction in John 21. You say, who are you preaching this to? I'm preaching this to me. I'm not preaching this to you. I don't ever want my heart to get cold again. You say, well, you preach all the time. Don't let that fool you. Because it is possible. Verse 17, he said unto him the third time, Simon of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved. Grieved, that means to make sorrowful, to excite, to re excite regret. Peter was grieved with the tears running down his face. And get this, all them around that fire coals saw Peter. They saw a fisherman, sturdy man. Lovest thou more me more than these? And it grieved Peter. He's standing there, grieving to the point of tears running down his face. The rest of the disciples are standing there seeing him cry. He calls unto him a third time, 
lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest. Lord, thou knowest that I love you. You know that I love you, Lord. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. This time Peter does not run away. But he's standing there, weeping, bellowing. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I made a mistake. Help me, Lord. A cure for a cold heart is do what Peter had done on a regular basis. Whenever the Holy Ghost starts to deal with your heart in church, when his singing is going on, or even at work, wherever it is, just start crying, Lord, I am needed help. I am worthless. Help me, God. I don't want a cold heart. He's been too good to me. Lord, I love you. That will keep your heart from getting cold. I want my heart to stay hot for the Lord Jesus Christ.